0: The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The May 17th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of May 17th, 2023. Vikings' first track team sprints towards state. Pace of growth stirs county turmoil. Director of DCD leaves county. COVID no longer declared emergency. What does that mean? Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. First, from the island's sounder, Vikings' first track team sprints towards state. By Colleen smith Summers. Frank Rome has been coaching track and field at the high school and college level for 35 years, and he's never met athletes like those on Orcas. There are incredible kids here. They are some of my all-time favorites, said Rome, who has helped lead Orcas High School's first track team. They are resilient and positive. We go to track meets off the island, and they're like, yeah, this is what it is. They deal with it so well. They have a great work ethic and a really nice culture of caring about each other. Orcas Island High School welcomed its very first track and field program to the spring sports season. In 2015, Phyllis Hennigson and her late husband, Bob, donated $1.2 million to the school district to build and maintain a track. The project was completed in the summer of 2020 but the echo of students' footsteps pounding on the polyurethane didn't occur until this spring. Once we came out of COVID and the school board voted on it, creating a track team, in January, it's been a rush to pull things together, Rome said. We're moving towards the end of the season, and it's gone really well. Track and field is an individual sport that includes foot races, jumping, throwing, and pole vaulting it is considered one of the oldest athletic competitions. Team members are Kyram Bailey, Bethany Carter, Ava Dahl, Forrest Frausto, Mariel Griffith, Soli Halibiski, Wiley Hogg, Andrew Garcia, Guillermo Sagara Iglesias, Logan Jones, Justin Krish-Dur, Ryan Krish-Dur, Diego Lago, Remy Lago, Robin Limbach, Malia Martinolic, Olive McKenzie, August Moore, Ethan Moss, Finn Onties, Max Peterson, Finn Rubitum, Will Stevens, Henry Walker, Porter Willis, and Theo Vaccarella. Carter, who is a discus thrower, and triple jumper Diego Lago are both ranked third in the state. A number of Vikings on the team are ranked number one in the district. Those who make it into the top six at the qualifying meet on May 18th will head to state playoffs. For the past five years, Mike Culper has helmed a cross-country team for the school. He came on board as the head coach of the track program, but has had limited involvement due to health issues. We do have members of the cross-country who are on the team, but there is also a cross-section of students who have no background in it at all, Rome said. A lot of the kids who were in cross-country are actually not long-distance runners. They are sprinters or discus throwers. The sport itself of track and field allows kids of all different athletic skills and body types to find their place. Rome and his wife, who are former teachers, have been visiting Orcas for the past two decades. They moved here from Idaho after the pandemic and purchased Clever Cow Creamery. In addition to Rome... The athletes have been coached by Islander John Hain, the youth pastor for Orcas Community Church. Teachers Kelly Carpenter and Jennifer Johnston have launched a middle school track program, building a strong base for future teams. Track and field is different from any other sport here because it takes a lot of people to run a good track program, Rome explained. If there are people on this island who have a background in track and want to learn more and help us coach these kids, we need all the help we can get. Even if you don't have a background and just want to help, reach out. For a long-term program to flourish, it takes tremendous effort. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Pace of Growth Stirs County Turmoil Director of DCD Leaves County By Toby Cooper, frustration over delays, inconsistencies, and unwelcome surprises in building permit approvals has spilled into public view. The building community is resolutely seeking an audience with county government to clear the backlog that is, in their view, clogging business traffic and impeding economic progress. Speaking to a standing-room-only crowd in the East Sound fire station on April 26th, Tracy Betcher of Gen J, Inc., Orcas Island's leading consultant in matters pertaining to marine and upland permits, declared, This meeting is not a bitch session. It is intended to clarify issues people are having with the permitting process so resolutions can be found. On May fifth, County Manager Mike Thomas abruptly removed San Juan County Department of Community Development Director David Williams from his post, citing that his and Williams' visions for the department did not align. Thomas announced a search for a replacement and designated Health and Community Services Director Mark Tompkins as Interim Director. During the April meeting, Despite Betcher's caution, numerous complaints and case histories were aired to show a pattern of delays and abuses at the Department of Community Development. Council Chair Cindy Wolfe and members of the East Sound Planning and Review Committee also joined the conversation. Accompanying Betcher to the podium was Jason Hensel, a veteran DCD inspector and a member of Gen J's consulting staff. Hensel's own recent separation from DCD, though clouded in detail that neither party will discuss, renders him uniquely qualified to now serve as de facto ombudsman for the Orcus community of builders. Ideally, we would like to know that DCD is hearing from the builder community on Orcus, said Hensel, noting that he is hopeful that there are solutions we can look forward to. Councilmember Wolfe listened throughout the session and, before the meeting disbanded, offered to facilitate an open dialogue to include the Orcas Builders, County Manager Thomas, DCD personnel, and herself on behalf of the Council. She echoed the themes that consistently arise in case histories—lack of timeliness, recurring inconsistencies in decision-making, and the need for early identification of specific issues. Wolf stated the next day that she had already been in contact with DCD to talk about last night's meeting and was asking for specific dates. The vortex of complaints surrounding DCD comes as no surprise. The department currently faces an almost impossible task of processing permits in an increasingly frenetic landscape of commercial activity. According to DCD, permit applications are straining the department's capacities to the limit. In the past three years, year over year, applications for single-family homes alone were up 22.5 percent, then another 27.5 percent, and last year, 77 percent. The county is on track this year to process over 600 total permits of all categories, an unprecedented level of activity in historically rural, tranquil San Juan County," Williams stated shortly before his departure. Applications for conditional and provisional county land use permits likewise show a strongly rising trend, imposing still more workload requirements on the county. During this time, DCD has acquired only one new designated employee. Former chair of the San Juan County Planning Commission, Sheila Goquin, became alarmed this year when Williams repeatedly canceled all commission meetings going back to February, claiming there was nothing to decide, even as permit activity was setting records. Goquin is hopeful that acting director Tompkins can revive the commission's agenda. DCD is mandated to ensure that all permitted developments in San Juan County are safe and code compliant. Departmental best practice canons require permits to be issued evenly and equitably across the board without undue influence, while concurrently respecting the fragile environment of the islands. The environmental uniqueness of the San Juans adds to the maze of code requirements that pertain to permit approvals, including county, state, and federally sourced regulations. Of the roughly 17,000 individual tax parcels in the county, 30% are listed as having flood hazard risk, 48% hold wetland designations, 97% possess geohazards, and 61% are under federal critical habitat designations for wildlife, all contributing to code-related requirements according to DCD sources. Hensel has compiled a 12-point consolidated list of issues for presentation to DCD and the County Council, listing conflicting code requirements, confusing technical aspects of shoreline tree protection zones, and more. Hensel chides DCD for ignoring the research and conclusions of scientific professionals by questioning the validity of wetland or other scientists. However, DCD is required by law to review any and all supporting documents for compliance with regulations and consistency with the requested permit. Becher, Hensel, Thomas, and Councilmember Wolfe agree that a more efficient and more predictable permitting process is desirable. They acknowledge that additional personnel at DCD may be necessary. Still, despite the quest for expediency, Hensel understands the need to address the overriding question, what kind of island do we want? We all want to pay attention to the requirements that support the ecological health of the islands, he said after the April meeting. We would love to see people build smaller and smarter to minimize the impact on the environment. Speaking to the same question before the county council on May 2nd, Tina Whitman of Friends of the San Juans noted that we face a backdrop of dwindling salmon, critically endangered southern resident orcas, declining eelgrass and kelp, and declining wetlands. In her 20-plus years at Friends, Whitman counts at least 17 and as of now 18 planning directors at DCD. Here in the San Juans, she continued, the health of the environment is as essential to our economy as our construction industry. With climate change and more intense storms likely, these regulatory protections are even more important for people and their investments. In announcing Williams' departure, Thomas acknowledged that the current permit backlog is sizable, but that permits must be processed in accordance with all of the county's adopted development codes and environmental regulations. From the Islands Weekly, COVID no longer declared emergency. What does that mean? Submitted by San Juan County. On May eleventh, 2023, the public health emergency declaration will end. What does that mean for folks in San Juan County? Let's take a look. Is COVID-19 gone? No. The virus is still present in Washington state and remains a threat to folks, especially unvaccinated and immunocompromised people. COVID-19 is still a leading cause of death in the United States, with about 250 daily deaths on average. It's never too late to vaccinate. If you have not yet been vaccinated or have not yet scheduled your booster, head to San Juan County's website or go to www.vaccines.gov to schedule an appointment today. To view case rates in Washington State, you may go to the Washington State Department of Health's data dashboard. How does the end of the public health emergency, PHE, affect me? When the PHE ends, COVID-19 vaccines will continue to be free for all. COVID-19 vaccines have been purchased by the U.S. government and will continue to be provided at no cost until commercialization occurs. There is not a finalized date for COVID-19 vaccine commercialization, but the Washington State Department of Health has said that they expect this to occur in fall 2023. We are awaiting more information from the Department of Health and will share more information as we learn more about the evolving situation. Tell me more about vaccines. The availability, access, and cost of COVID-19 vaccines, including boosters, will not be impacted by the end of the public health emergency. As vaccine access, cost, and distribution are determined by the supply of federally purchased vaccines not the public health emergency. As long as the federal government's supply of vaccines lasts, COVID-19 vaccines will remain free to all people, regardless of insurance coverage. Once the federal supply of vaccines is depleted, vaccines will continue to be available and free for most people with private and public insurance. San Juan County Health and Community Services, HCS, is a part of the Vaccines for Children, VFC, and Adult Vaccine Programs, which offer free vaccines to all children and un- and underinsured adults. If you have questions about either of these programs, please contact our office and ask to speak with a public health nurse. How do I know if I have to pay for tests or treatments for COVID-19? Coverage for COVID-19 testing and treatment will vary by insurance type. For people with Medicaid coverage, COVID-19 testing and treatment will remain covered at no cost through September 2024. People with traditional Medicare coverage will no longer receive free at-home tests, but free PCR and rapid antigen tests administered by a provider will still be available. However, there may be a copay for the associated doctor's visit. Please note HCS does not provide PCR tests. Contact your health care provider to schedule a PCR test. People with private insurance and private Medicare plans, such as Medicare Advantage, will no longer be guaranteed free at home tests. However, some insurers may continue to choose to cover them at their discretion. Contact your insurance provider to find out if tests are covered. For those without insurance, COVID-19 testing will no longer be covered by federal or Washington state programs, so the cost will be determined by individual providers. As far as treatments go, uninsured people will pay out of pocket for COVID-19 treatments, except for federally funded treatments like Paxlovid, which are free for everyone. If you need an at-home COVID test or do not know where to begin looking for COVID-19 treatment, please reach out to HCS at 360-378-4474 and ask to speak with a public health nurse so we can help you navigate all your options. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On May 3rd, An abandoned bicycle was turned in on Orcas and logged into evidence. On May 6th, a San Juan deputy took a report of a stolen golf cart. The owner completed a motor vehicle theft report. Does someone get charged with grand theft putt-putt for a crime like that? I don't know. Lopez deputies were dispatched to a domestic disturbance Though the suspect fled the scene on foot prior to the arrival of the officers, the suspect's dogs led deputies to his location under an overturned skiff on the beach, and he was apprehended without incident. Oh, those poor confused dogs. On May 8th, a Lopez resident requested a welfare check on their neighbor. All was well. On May ninth. A deputy received a report of a counterfeit $100 bill at a market in Friday Harbor. The owner thinks he received the bill in a series of sales he made on Craigslist. The bill was taken and booked into evidence. A deputy on San Juan received a report of fraud. The victim reported that her computer was taken over, and she talked to someone claiming to be MSN security. The deputy called the number and talked to someone who was clearly trying to scam people. My question is, what did they talk about? This concludes the May 17th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this spring with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcascenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for tuning in, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.